brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. He could have got off a little bit easier if I would have had me some sort of, yeah. you know, McMuffin. Uh-huh. Is this pop quiz time? Pop sure, quiz. I think it is. Okay. Pop quiz. Okay. I'm calling it. We would take every stadium that we go into and, and make it our own. I did not give my wife aluminum siding for our 10th anniversary. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, the monthly edition. And since a particular college team went back-to-back with national championships in their sport, we decided to catch up with some of the high school coaches attached to some of the stars for the team up in Athens who brought back another national championship and sent it up uh, Georgia 316. You might remember a quarterback. Hannah, do you know who the uh, quarterback for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs is? Hmm, just some guy named Stetson Bennett. Yeah, Stetson Bennett version 4.0. His head coach uh, at the time when he was at Pierce County was Sean Pender. Mm-hmm. Sean is now the head coach at North Hall. So we'll catch up with Sean and find out about uh, what life was like with Stetson Bennett 4.0. Uh, story time with John really quickly. Oh, boy. Southern Swing. We're only like 30 seconds in. I know. But I have to make up because we only do these once a monthers, and so okay. I have to figure out. Everybody, hold yeah. on. Yeah, but no, just I. I re- we'll, we'll get back to the show shortly. No, I remember. I remember when we were doing Southern Swing. Okay. Stopped by Pierce County High School, caught up with Sean, and, and he asks me, "Hey, do you want to catch up with Stetson?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. We'll catch up with Stetson Bennett. And, you know, more interviews are always good." So I remember interviewing Stetson Bennett in the lobby of Pierce County High School, leading into his senior season as a quarterback, and here's a guy who was a no star, zero, zero, no stars. Uh, prefer- Just like 2015? Uh, let's see. So that, let's see if he's 25 now. So seven years ago. Yeah, so 2015. Okay. 2015 season. And uh, so talk to Stetson. Zero stars. Preferred walk-on at Georgia. Goes Juco. Comes back to Georgia. And the rest, they say, is back-to-back national championships. Do we have that interview somewhere? I'm sure we do. You need to go look on our YouTube. And, and uh, our good friend Tommy Palmer okay. uh, wrote a column about Stet. Rest in peace. In, in, in uh, his senior season. And reminded everybody that if you're sleeping on Stetson Bennett, mm-hmm. you're wrong. And so Tommy wrote that column. It's at gpb.org. All you have to do is a Stetson Bennett gpb.org search. And uh, Tommy Palmer, those keywords in there, and you'll find the column that uh, Tommy Palmer wrote about Stetson Bennett when he was a senior. So we'll catch up with Sean Pender from Brunswick and uh, from Brunswick and now at North Hall. And we're also going to catch up with the head coach of Christopher Smith. When he we used co- to be Chris Smith like, in high school. Yeah, he's like Chris Smith in high school. Now it's Christopher he's all Smith. Official. Well, his dad is Christopher. So yeah. Maybe it is an an homage to his father. Christopher Smith, All American. <laughs> Winston Gordon, the head coach of Hapeville Charter, the the head coach for Chris Smith when he was in high school. Christopher Smith now at the University of Georgia, one of the stalwarts for the Georgia defense. We'll catch up with him as well. We got some really cool stories about uh, Coach Gordon and his viewing habits. Yeah. Yeah. The GHSA also had a big meeting with the, they call it the Board of Trustees Board meeting. of Trustees. So at the end of the show, John breaks down <laughs> yes, everything that went on in that meeting. And it is a lot. And we will have even more updates and stories to follow. Perfection wears red and black tonight. 15-0. and 0. The dogs have done it and won a second consecutive national title. And you can't be any more impressive than the way they did it tonight. Yeah. So it was a historic performance from Georgia, dominating TCU from start to finish, 65-7, to seven, to secure its second straight national title. And I have to say, John, uh-huh. I'm going to be one of those people really quick. Okay. I called it. 
Michael Harris. You called 65-7? No, no. But Michael Harris upstairs can back me up on this. We both said it was going to be another Alabama-Notre Dame game. We okay. called it the, mor- the morning of the game, and it was worse. Well, I mean, the last two times that you've had a, a double-digit favorite in the national championship game, it has been Blowout City. Blowout City. I should have put some money on it. <laughs> <laughs> Juice boxes. Put some juice boxes on. You have some juice boxes for the girls in the in the uh, in the refrigerator that you could have done. They're not doing juice boxes. Yet, no. What are no. they doing? Um, well, they're still doing milk. Okay. Whole milk. Okay. On whole milk. Okay. All right. So so some some, some, some whole milk. Yes. Yeah, so put some whole milk on it. <laughs> That's amazing. You want to talk to some coaches? Well, we have. I got a fun fact. Okay. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay. From from Jeremy. Okay. What's his nickname again? Ambassador, Ambassador Jeremy. Jeremy, thank Ambassador you. Ambassador Jeremy. Man. <laughs> Never remember. She she just it's like she's not here for a month and then she just loses know, track I of know. all the nicknames. I'm, I'm just to let you know how bad it is. I'm drinking a Red Bull today. Uh, I haven't had a Red Bull in probably like five years. Okay. So it's it's mom. You'll brain be feeling city. the headache in short order. So how many kids? Uh-huh. Is this pop quiz time? Uh, pop sure. Quiz. I think it is okay. pop quiz. Okay. I'm calling it. All right, she's calling pop quiz. Pop quiz. All right. How many kids do you think on Georgia and TCU combined uh-huh. are from the Georgia high school system? 27. Cold. Oh, really? So it's it's more like 45? Cold. What, you're, 12? You're slightly warmer than 40. You're At 45, you're a little bit warmer. Okay, well. A little, little bit warmer. I feel. Are we prices right rules here or what? Without going over, or I mean, you're a little warmer at 45. 52. You're a little bit warmer than that. 64. <laughs> you're getting hotter. 78. You're so hot. 79. <laughs> 77. 77. See, 77. but I went over. I violated the Price is Right rules. I don't know the Price is Right rules because I didn't watch Price is Right, John. You have to guess the price but not go over. Oh, well, then I guess you lost the game. I did. I lost the game when I said 78. So 77. Okay. Is- Awesome. Well, the re- and the reason that I started out so lowly was because Georgia has <laughs> developed into such a national brand yeah. that those numbers have decreased. Usually one-third of the roster at Auburn is is Georgia athletes. And so that was kind of my base with yeah. the national branding that we have at the University of Georgia. So one of those being quarterback Stetson Bennett. Heard of him. He broke the dog single-season passing record with 3,944 yards. Aaron Murray previously held that record in 2012. What were your thoughts on his performance He's in the game? He's all right. Was it 325 and four by the mm-hmm. time he was done? 18 to 25 for an incredibly large number of yards and, and four scores and the, the rushing touchdown as well. 18 of 25 for 304 yards, mm-hmm. 72% completion rate. Yes. Four touchdowns. Yeah, and the rushing touchdown. The 21-yard keeper up the yep. middle to get things started for the University of Georgia. Averaging 12.2 yards. He's all right. Pretty good. Okay. Well, we're about to get to know him a little bit better, aren't we? Yeah, through the eyes of his uh, high school coach, Sean Pender, who is the head coach down at Pierce County and the Pierce County Bears. He's now up at North Hall. Hey, Coach Pender. So my first question for you is, what was Stetson like in high school? Uh, Stetson was great. I mean, he was, you know, he's always had been a little bit of a, had a little bit of a goofball mentality. But I can see that. <laughs> At the same time, he still, you know, was that same type of competitor that you see there and always wanting to, to be the best of whatever it is that he was doing. But he would go about it in a nonchalant way. Um, he was always had a, a quirky sense of humor. 
time, he was always an extreme competitor. So how did he, I guess, evolve as that competitor in the time that he was with you? How, what was it like to see him grow and mature into, at the time, the eighth most prolific passer in Georgia high school history? <laughs> well, you know, he, he's always been, when it, when it comes to football in particular, he's always been trying to compete, and he's been training to do that since, you know, since, elementary school ages i mean watching him get out there and work and but you're talking about the transition really from uh, from just being a, a fun game that you're out there just running around just having a good time trying to win to actually really trying to master your skills and, and work at it you know he became a student of the game uh you saw that in high school i think um one of the things that that stand out to me is him and another one of the the quarterbacks when they were in ninth grade were you know trying to compete and get ready and I I do these early morning quarterback drills and and basically I call it quarterback school they go we we sit down we we uh, have meetings where we're um, on the board and looking at different types of defenses and we go through skill sets that we're going to work on like fundamental footwork drills or throwing drills or whatever and and then we go you know we do that two days a week and then the other two days a week we actually go do those drills and 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 work them and um when we're doing those drills, I remember one time he came in with a McDonald's bag, uh, 7 a.m. breakfast <laughs> oh, uh, at, at, at 7 a.m. And the other quarterback that was there competing was already warmed up and lathered and ready to go. <laughs> and because right at 7 o'clock we had a start. So he comes in right out with the his uh, his bag of, of McDonald's was, he's like oh crap I got to get I, I got to get going <laughs> so that that that's one little thing so he he jumps in and, and starts working and and gets on but but from that point on I mean you never had to worry about him coming in late anymore or coming in with you know he, he might bring that McDonald's bag in but that McDonald's bag is going to be finished by by uh, six forty-five and not seven o'clock, he was going to be ready to go at seven. That's like me coming in late to the podcast with my Starbucks cup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, but, well, but I mean, the, the million-dollar question is: When Stet brought uh, McDonald's, did he bring some for you? Well, no. No, that, that's the thing. You know, he, he could have got off a little bit easier if I would have had me some sort of, yeah. you know, McMuffin. Uh, so. When he goes and goes through this circuitous, is the word I'm looking for, route to come back to Athens and be a part of things at UGA, I think that he is he's a lesson for recruiters where you sit there and you're attaching, like, you know, five-star. You know, J.J. Watt was a two-star. Stett didn't have any stars. Stett goes to Juco and these kinds of things. I think that Stett is one of those lessons of stars don't mean a whole lot in the day and age that we're in sometimes. No, they don't, because look who's the ones that are actually given the stars. I mean, not not to knock this people, but all honestly, it's a lot of guys that are going out there, they, they, they're they do it through the media. They look at different things here and there. They'll 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 eyeball somebody, and and then it's there's there's the stars are skewed uh, so much based on a lot of measurables. You know, people might sit there and check all these boxes and might have like, for example, quarterback is what we're talking about. You might have this six four kid that weighs. 225 pounds and he's got really good speed and he has a cannon for an arm and you have all that stuff 
you know, all those those measurables that are there, and they start rating that uh, instead of. I mean, I'll give you an example. I had a kid when I was in Brunswick that was a, a receiver that I would told because he he met all these measurables that we're talking about for a receiver. Mm-hmm. That what you're doing hasn't played a snap. A high school football, and I was rated a four star. Wow! Coming out, uh, I mean, just right there off the get go, they rated him a four star before they they saw him. All they saw with his was his measurables. They they came to actually doing a um, do a story on Warren McClendon. Right. And when they were doing the story on Warren McClendon, I showed them two eighth graders. I had. I'm not going to mention both their names, but one of the eighth graders, I will say, was very successful. They didn't give him any stars and he's playing for Florida state right now as an offensive lineman. The other one had looked incredible and they gave him four stars. And, um, I will say this, um, you know, he supposedly committed to Florida Gators and the only orange, uh, he was ever wearing, you know, had to be, uh, that in um, the not uh, correctional Institute. Wow. So it was, yeah, he, he never panned out to be anything. So that 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 I kind of chats me a little bit when these guys mm-hmm. go in their rate players when they have no no uh, what is it there's no stability on the on the rating system it's just uh, straight off of measurables because when you talk about kids like Stetson Bennett if you're really doing a true rating system you would also rate those intangibles mm-hmm. and if you rated his intangibles the qualities he had with things that it's hard to measure that you would he would have had Five star written all over them. Well, that would just be more work for the people doing ratings, wouldn't it, Coach? Well, well, <laughs> well right. said. Well said. Well, let's talk Natty Champ. What was it like to watch a player that you helped mold win back to back national titles? I mean, you have to be like a, a proud dad. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. I'm super proud of that young man and all that he's accomplished and how he accomplished it, you know, with the perseverance is the word that keeps coming to mind when talking about the the way this kid has worked and grown, but also the belief that he has in himself, the belief that he has in his his teammates. That's something that has always had. That's why he ended up walking on at the University of Georgia and instead of taking, you know, one of these smaller offers. His dream was to play at the University of Georgia. He really believed that he can play there regardless of his size. And he wouldn't let all these people tell him, you know, no. He just kept doing it. And uh so watching him live out his dream, um, yeah, I was definitely a proud kinfolk, that's for sure. Um it was it was incredible, incredible feeling. And I'm so happy for that young man. When was the last time that you saw him play in person? Uh, this year I went to a game and after the game uh, was in Athens, after the game, I was on the field and talking to him and walked with him out to the parking lot and had a good, good time with him and his family. Um, you know, and then just back and forth. The last time I spoke to him back, it was January 3rd. Um, he was asking me about something to Tell everybody that didn't believe that they'd be still playing in uh, in the in the championship game after the Ohio State game. A lot of people were starting to lose their faith. He wanted me to give him some words to help help him there. Oh, but um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, we still have a great connection. I, I uh, uh, you know enjoy talking to his family, so I do get the opportunity to stay in touch with either him or one of his family members um, quite a bit. So you watched the national championship game from the couch then. You did not go out to LA. I wasn't I wasn't on the couch. I was in a neat <laughs> little deal though. I was out at the 
the AFCA had their convention nice. um, in, in, in Charlotte. So I was at the AFCA convention for the – I was at the Peach Bowl, however. Okay. Ah. But, yeah, I did go to the Peach Bowl. I did get to watch them play there. I, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to Stetson that day, but I was I was there. I watched them play there. But then I uh, – I, um, Watched that from a uh, it was like a sports bar type venue okay. where the upstairs was like general population, but the downstairs was all Georgia alumni, and I got to go in the Whoa. downstairs even though I'm not a Georgia alumni. So, wait a minute, I got to go down there. Someone told them who I was, so they made a a nice little announcement and got a standing ovation. That was fun. Wow! And, and haven't haven't coached a kid in several years, but yeah, so got a standing ovation for his performance. So that was that was a pretty cool deal. That's one more, really cool. One more question before we let you go. How are things up there at North Hall? Oh, it's good. We're we're um I think we're going to be turning this program around, and uh, the kids have great work ethic. Uh, we've been working real hard. The community, it's phenomenal. Uh, the 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 amount of support that we get here, and uh, we're hungry to to get better, and we're trying to do different things to improve our, our improve our performance. I think you're going to see a, a very good football team next year here at North Hall. Looking forward to it. Sean Painter, the head coach at North Hall, coached Stetson Bennett down at Pierce County. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Football season will be here before we know it. It'll be great to catch up with you again. Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. Thanks for having me on. Anytime I get a chance to talk about uh, Stetson Bennett, that's always a pleasure. Also, I wanted you to know I coached War McClendon uh, that played for Brunswick as well. So yeah. he's another yes. he's another one, another dog that became a national championship no doubt. Uh, player. So I'm excited for him. He's a back-to-back national championship as well. I just want to give a shout-out for, for War McClendon as well. All right. Well, thanks again, Coach. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Sean. One coach down, one to go, and it's time to catch up with Winston Gordon at Hateville Charter and find out about the career of Chris Smith, who is now Christopher Smith, All-American at the University of Georgia. Three solo tackles in the championship game. And a lot of folks might remember his uh, activity from the SEC championship game and one play in particular. We asked Coach Gordon about all that. Hey, Coach Gordon, what was it like to watch a player you helped mold win back-to-back national titles? I mean, that has to be so exciting. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't take all the credit for that. You know, he has great parents, and uh, they did a phenomenal job of, of raising an outstanding young man, him and his brother, uh, Tajiri Smith, another uh, Division One athlete that played here. Uh, they're, they're great people, man, you know, and I, 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 you know, I pride our program on uh, producing great, great young men, you know, of high character and uh, real smart kids. Um, was the captain of my football team. and uh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you know, state champion. You know, he's been a champion at every level. Yep. And, um, you know, so we're, we're extremely proud, man. And, and I just was uh, speaking with him right after the game and, and, you know, just told him how proud I am of him and Will Poole and all those guys that, that, that went here. Um, not just because of the, the national championship, because he graduated from college, man. I told him he was a pro that day he graduated. And, um, you know, so that's some of the things I try to push with my kids to go on and get a college degree. And you'll be a pro then. You know, everything else will fall into place. Everything else is a bonus. But the one thing that, that is promised when you sign those athletic scholarships is to get that college degree. 
So where did you watch the game? Where, what was your viewing habit for this particular? You weren't out there at SoFi, were you? You were hanging out no, at home. No, right? unfortunately, I, I was at the uh, SEC game. Um, the SEC championship game was the last game because we had Xavier Carter from LSU and we had uh, Chris uh, on the other side. So, I, you know, I was forced and torn. But I, I actually, <laughs> this, this season I sat on LSU side since he was a younger guy. And uh, I, I sat down in the 100 section for LSU on, on this game. And, uh, uh, you know, but I was torn, you know, uh, for both of them. I wanted them both to be successful. And, uh, you know, I, I'm like that with all of my guys. So I'm, I'm usually somewhere every Saturday um, watching my guys or either taking some guys to, to different Division One programs. Well, we know you were glued to the TV when it came to the <laughs> national championship. Were you able to talk to Christopher after the game? And what did he say to yeah. you? Yeah. You know, I just told him how much we're proud of him and, um, you know, wishing wish him nothing but the best and getting ready for the draft. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to see him in a little bit. You know, he'll, he'll be by here. And uh, uh, once he gets a chance and come home, you know, I try to get the, the, the jerseys from all my guys when they, you know, the last uh-huh. year and try to hang the jerseys. So we do those type of things here. And uh, uh, once they graduated, that's when I want it. You know, I tell them that's the biggest thing to me, go and get that degree. All right, so let me go back to the SEC championship game real quick. You're on the S- you're mm-hmm. on the you're on the LSU sideline. Yeah, yeah. So what's going through your mind when Chris has the play that basically <laughs> swings the entire game George's way, where he's waiting for the ball, he's looking at everybody off the block field goal, and he's yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting. He looks up and waits for the ball to almost make that last rotation before he picks it up and runs the other way. What's going through your mind? Damian Ramos will try a 32-yard field goal. To try to put LSU on the board first. High snap. They got it down and it's blocked. Georgia stuffs it. And now here comes the run back. If this stands, it's going to be about a 95-yard touchdown. It will stand. LSU is acting as if it was an extra point. The ball is alive. Chris Smith takes it coast to coast for Georgia. Man, it, it, it reminiscent of uh, when we played Pace. You know, they were coming off a state championship, and uh, we were their second game of the season. And uh, Chris go in there and pick one off and take it. He had two pick sixes in one game in high school against Pace. Uh, it, it just reminded me of that. That's the type of kid he is. Even in the state championship game, we were struggling a little bit. He picked off the first pass from uh, the kid from Raven County and took it back uh, in the state championship game. He's a big play guy. He's never um, – the moment's never too big for him. And uh, like I say, you know, he have a smart, instinctive player like that. And, you know, you can't attribute that to coaching. You know, a lot of that just comes with the innate ability of kids. And, you know, nope, I didn't know – you know, he would ascend to, to you know, the heights of, of being as big as he is, but he was only 145 pounds at the time. And uh, now he's 190 and, and, and you know, probably be a first round, a day one, a day two draft pick. With 60 total tackles and a sack on the year. What was he like <laughs> in high school? What kind of kid was he? At 145 right. pounds. <laughs> right, right. Just a little, little squirt, smart kid, but uh, dual and roll kid. Uh, you know, so he was dual enrolled in, in AP classes. You know, he was a smart kid, you know, but he was an instinctive football player, and he was fearless. He would come down and, and throw his body. Sometimes you'd be so scared for him because just how small he was. You know, he was playing, like I said, I remember we was playing uh, Fitzgerald, and um, 
Chris, they, they blocked the field goal, and he picked up the ball then and, and almost took it back. So, you know, he's been that type of kid for us, you know, for the last, you know, his last uh, three years. He started as a sophomore, and that's very unusual here with the guys that we put out every year. You know, we almost have six to seven guys every year that goes D1 from this school, and, and DBs are, are one of the biggest things that we produce here besides pass rushes. When you have conversations with your current players about players that you see in championship games, that you see in conference championship games, national championship games, what are the conversations that you have about the impact that those current players that you have now can have down the line, the impact that they can have? Hey, this is what these guys have done. You can do the same thing. What are those conversations like with your current players when you're talking about alums? Well, you know, I, I just tell them we got a legacy to uphold. You know, we we went two and and whatever this year, which was one of our, our lean years, but we had a lot of young guys, and we still made the playoffs, and and we were right there in the in the first playoff game, and and this is the first year we've ever got knocked out early. But you just tell them, man, you know, you're on the shoulders of a lot of kids that have came in here and built this program, you know, and and uh, it's a lot of pressure, and it was a lot of pressure for these young guys this year. But I think. You know, coming back and getting moved all the way from 2A to 4A um, in the attrition of a year, and, and then, you know, no 2A opponents want to play us, so you're having to play 7A and 6A schools all year long, lose four games by one point. You know, those are things that build character and shape the program and just show that we'll, we'll play anybody on any Friday and that our kids will come up and get ready to play. And, and, and you know, they, they're doing this on the backs of those guys that came here and, uh, uh, you know, ascend it to those levels that they are. Well, my last question for you, Coach, you mentioned he was coming back home, maybe stopping by the school. You're going to yeah. take him out to a celebratory dinner? <laughs> no, nah, you know, Chris, Chris is not a, a eater like that, to be honest. You know, he never was. I, I, I'm surprised he's at 190. You know, he's not a kid that <laughs> that likes to eat. Even when I'm, I go, you know, we go up there for every year for 707, and we spend a lot of time with our guys when we go up there, and, and they kind of follow us around the fields as we play 707. Uh, we end up eating his meals most of the time when we're there. So, you know, that that's just the type <laughs> of kid that he is, man. He, he's just a, a giver and a, and uh, so caring as a person. And like I say, it couldn't happen to a better kid and a better person. And like I say, his parents did an outstanding job with him and his brother. And I, I was just, uh, you know, fortunate to be the vessel that they chose to put their kid in with no athletic feel, no weight room, none of that stuff. And, and for them to come here and, and take this program to these heights, this is one of the first stops off the airport for most Division One schools. And I, just like today, Xavier Carter entered the transfer portal, and I've entertained over almost 100 calls, man. Nothing like uh, in practice and curbside and, and getting to the successes that you guys have. What are the? Uh, he's gone Christopher. He's gone all official now instead of being just Chris Smith. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always Chris to me. You know, I mean, Dad is Christopher, so I, you know what I mean. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, it's always Chris to me, a little Chris. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, so it's always going to be that. And he, he knows how, how special he is to, to me. And just like all my players, I love them just like they're my children. And, uh, you know, that's what, you know, the relationship is. You know, when you come from these things, because we did so much more with less. And uh, it, it, it just molds these kids to, to fight. Like, we would take every stadium that we go into and, and make it our own. And that's how we played because we don't have a stadium. And, and uh, you know, we was always road warriors. And, and uh, that's just the mentality and that, that you get when you get a Hateville Charter kid. No doubt about it. Winston Gordon, the head coach of Hateville Charter. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, reminiscing uh, about uh, Christopher Smith.
at the University of Georgia. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be catching up with you soon. Thank you, Ben. So one more congratulations to Georgia and Dog see, I, but Nation. I, and I see how you're wearing your red for the show today for those watching today? the video version. Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I couldn't not. You're in your black, so we're literally red and black. Oh, it's true. Wow, I didn't think about that. I just broke out a golf shirt just because we were taping. I, I was. I wasn't thinking in that three dimensional way no. like you were. I know. I, I had to. I yeah. had to. Where do you think Christopher Smith's going to go in the draft? Well, I think like uh, Coach Gordon said, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a day one pickup. Okay. I, I think you're That's obviously depending on need when you stare at an All-American, you're, you're looking at a defensive back. Who needs a defensive back? Late first, early second round, that kind of thing. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm agreeing with Coach Gordon. I think he'll be a day one pickup. Late first, early second round would be my guess. What about Stetson Bennett? Stet, I think, ends up being a day two selection. Okay. Once again, you know, you finish fourth in the Heisman, and you have quarterbacks that lead teams to back-to-back national championships. I know a lot of folks are probably staring at the the birth certificate and the driver's license and going, um, he's 26 or whatever, <laughs> Five. 25. <laughs> Look, there have been quarterbacks in the in the pro ranks that have been in their mid-20s getting started. Yeah. So not a surprise that you're going to have that kind of apprehension. But if you put him in the right system – Make sure that Stetson is in a system that works with his skill set, not trying to make his skill set fit into a different kind of a system. Then you can have success with Stetson Bennett. So that's what I'm looking at. When you're looking for drafting Stetson Bennett, make sure that your system fits his skill set, RPO, those kinds of things, and not the other way around, which ends up being trouble for a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college. I think for the first time ever, we agree. We agree on two things. Wow. Wow. Who knew about that? What a day. Yes. All right. In more Georgia high school news, the GHSA held their board of trustees meeting this week, John, and Mm -hmm. you were able to listen into the entire thing. Give us some updates on what's going on there and what we can look forward to in 2023. Caught up with uh, the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, Dr. Robin Hines, caught up with uh, Dr. Stephen Kraft from Fulton County Schools, who's a member of the board of trustees. And also for GPB.org, caught up with David Reynolds, our rules analyst, because one of the things that was discussed was video review. They're not calling it instant replay. It is video review. Okay. And right now, along with a lot of things that happened in the Board of Trustees meeting, there is an understanding that, yes, things like name, image, and likeness and video review and loosening the, the current numbers when it comes to attendance and capacities for semifinals. Those were the three big things that a lot of folks were staring at in this past Board of Trustees meeting. But right now, there was a lot of spirited discussion, a lot of positivity, and a lot of agreement that those three things specifically need to be addressed, need to be addressed in short order. And so look to the April meeting when probably you're going to be seeing a lot of definitive ideas coming out when it comes to those three issues specifically. Because, I mean, with video review, Mm -hmm. you look at video review, it's like, okay, what kind of a play can be reviewed? What kind of training has to be given for referees and uh, any kind of official in, in when you're trying to think about it? I know we think about it in the prisms of pro and college football, but there's training that has to be involved. You, can't, you, you can only do it probably in a championship game setting. You can't do it during the regular season because the National Federation is like, we don't let you do that. So there's so many games all over the place in right. rural areas. You wouldn't it wouldn't be fair to right. be able to get and, replay and everywhere. It's not feasible but I agree and... that the championships one hundred percent. Yeah, and so need yeah, that. and it, so it just comes down to okay, training, 
which plays are reviewable, how can you do it, make sure that okay. you're not slowing the game down to a crawl during the review, all of those kinds of things they're looking at when it comes specifically to video review. Name, image, and likeness, as you look at NIL, once again. What were some of the ideas thrown around? Well, it's just the, the notion that 20, I think it's 25 states, somewhere between 20, it's, it's at least two dozen states, I think, right now, have some version of name, image, and likeness. For high school. For high school. Okay. Tennessee is looking at it. There are some other surrounding states here in the southeast that are looking at it. But the notion is, is that, yeah, once again, this is a train that's coming down the track, and we've got to sit there and figure out how we're going to address it. But what you can't take away from the high school element of it, meaning yes. that if and this was these part are, these are kids. Yeah, but it's the the idea of like okay, so if you were at Lasseter High School mm -hmm. and name image and 2007. likeness 2007 but but still. So so you're at your old high school and you have someone come to you and it's like, "Hey, we want you to sponsor X. We want you to to sit there and, you know, your name image and likeness attached to this particular product, like this sandwich shop or something." You can't wear a Lasseter Trojans softball jersey. You can't volleyball. Wear, I played volleyball. Okay, well then you can't wear a Lasseter volleyball jersey associated with that name, image, and likeness. It would just have to be you. Okay. It's you being you. So I can wear the shirt. Let's just go with Jimmy John's because that's all we eat during, right, but during no, football so season. So what, I can wear a Jimmy John's shirt, yes, but it can't have Lasseter on right. it. Right. Okay. It would be something you're um, that's what, fine. What you're doing is you you don't want to have the high school directly associated with you and your name, uh, image, and likeness. This is going to cause so much drama in the high school world. I just so it, it's it's just, just it's just making sure can't that even imagine all of the I'll make sure that all uh, of the lanes, yeah. all of the separate yeah. lanes, are addressed okay. to where you're not taking away from the high school experience and you're not representing the high school itself. It is you, your name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know that we have to address this, but you have to make sure. That high school representation is one way. It doesn't represent the college ideas and what that is because it's entirely two different streets. And they know that they're going to have to address that as okay. well. Uh, third I'm glad I'm not on that committee. Right. And so that's that's going to be a, a lot to talk about. Third idea was capacities. Okay. And Stephen Kraft brought this to the yes, table. Because, we ran into this problem right. just last season yeah, in and, a big way. And Stephen, Dr. Kraft was on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And we were promoting the first ever doubleheader in a semifinal that was going to be on our air. Mm -hmm. And it impacted two of his schools on our air. And he had to... Because more people would have been at the home game than they were at the neutral site. Right. And so that's... Right now, there are certain standards that have to be met. Uh, capacities have to be certain numbers. Dr. Kraft went through his analytics and went through all of his uh, uh, attendance numbers from a couple of seasons back. And it's like, look, the attendance that was at this neutral site would have fit into the venue it would have originally been in. Okay. And so he's he, he was making the point that uh, there's all of these different things you have to invest. There's time and there's money that has to be invested going to a neutral site that's agreed to by both parties, and you're getting into competitive disadvantage and things like that. But you're taking away the environment from the high school experience. Especially the home team. By taking it to a neutral site with all of the added expenditures that are attached. And so there's a lot of positive talk about that as well that you probably will see the standards loosened when it comes to okay. semifinal numbers. And, and so they're going to keep an eye on that. But everything is now going to be looked at at the April meeting because of all the research that has to be done 
on those three topics, and there were three others that, as well. But all the research has to be done on those three topics to move everything forward. So the April meeting will be the one where I think we're going to be getting some definitive answers. Okay, so we'll have more updates for you on the April <sighs> podcast. And also the championships are being moved back to the bins mm-hmm. this year as well. Three days flag football in the morning of each day. Mm-hmm. Three flag football divisions still, one each morning, and then the boys but afterwards. But it is the week after the weekend. Yeah, it's different dates this yeah, it's, year. It's, so instead of it being the week after the SEC championship, it is the midweek. So instead of that weekend, they pushed it back so is there a, dead, a couple a dead of days. Friday? Well, it's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so if there's something in because you have to keep in mind the NFL and flexing schedules and things like that. So the GHSA and the NFL and the Falcon the Falcons They've come up with an idea, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But if the Falcons have to flex, then they can push it back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. But, yeah, it's heading back to Mercedes-Benz. It won't be the weekend after the SEC championship. It'll be the week following that weekend. So. 10 days after. Last year we had to tackle reclassification and now we're having to tackle more issues. So we'll be breaking this down on a full podcast coming up with all that's going on. Okay, so we're back monthly. This is our January podcast. We are back (sighs) monthly until August. Yes. And everybody, a big announcement. Our basketball championship coverage Mm -hmm. begins March 8th through 11th. So, So this is the first time in how many years that we are actually covering the boys, six? girls, and wheelchair championships. I think it's six, if I remember correctly, because I remember Sean Golden and I talking about Diamond yeah. to Shields and, and doing a spinneroonie and a Euro step and all these kinds of things. That yeah. that clip is definitely out there for those that want to watch. <laughs> oh, everyone is Googling right now, John. They can't wait mm-hmm. to, to watch that one particular Exactly, clip. yeah. So it'll be streaming. It'll be on TV. We will give you more information as we get closer to March. But mark your calendars, March 8th through 11th for our high school basketball coverage. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, what else is on your mind before we go? Well, that was it, but we did want to um, give you a plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. For you dog fans out there, yes. John has a book. Yes, he has a book. See, I, I see you. I see it's your brain a- working. It's on Amazon. I see, I, see, I see Hannah's brain working here about massaging the <laughs> rules when it comes to how you're promoting things in, in, in public media. I trying see, to I, promote my buddy John's book. I see, and, and I see, yeah, I can see, I can see the gears turning over here for those watching on the video this version. This is a complete failure I on just, my part. Why? Guys, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily promoting, just saying the fact John wrote a book. John wrote a book. Yeah, that's and Ambassador it's the, Jeremy, by the it's way. It's the top 100 things <laughs> to do if top you're a Georgia fan. Top 100 things for Georgia Bulldog fans okay. to know and do before they die. Our friends at Triumph. Such a good gift Our, for our, our friends at Triumph Publishing uh, allowed me and a couple of buddies, uh, very close friends of mine, Phil Kanner, John Wilkerson, and John Wood to write a book about it. And so there's 100 things to do on the list. Love it. So uh, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan and want to give a gift in addition to enjoying a championship and buying all the gear that we know that you're going to buy and your now, wallets will empty. Now it feels like we're promoting There we go. There <laughs> we go. Now like, yeah. we, we, we've gone too far. We've gone too far. There was a line you crossed. It. Yeah, we, we I we pole vaulted over it. that line, sir. Why would I cross over anything? All right, John. Well, that's all I got. So glad to be back in studio with you. Yes. It's your anniversary. Happy as we're anniversary. Taping. As we're taping, yes. It is my 10th ten. ten. Which we looked up. It's like tin type. or aluminum. But, so he has gotten I, Patty a an aluminum statue. Yeah, I got her some aluminum siding. <laughs>
her anniversary. Exactly. No, oh, that is man. not the way this happened. That is not the case. I did not give my wife aluminum siding for our 10th anniversary. <laughs> Although Hannah would lead you to believe that that was, in fact, the case. 100%. That is not the case. 100%. No. I'm the kind of guy that goes and looks at, uh, like, the, the lists. There's, like, the, the traditional one, the modern one, and then they have, like, three or four or five different uh, things that you can get. And so in addition to everything else that uh, we gave each other, uh, I got her a ceramic bluebird. Oh, that's beautiful. And it has to do not with— Not an aluminum No, not bluebird. an aluminum bluebird. Dang it. No, the, the, the ceramic bluebird fits on the aluminum siding. That's beautiful. Uh, exactly. No, and, and it has to do with the optimism. She's going to love it. And she did. Uh, this has to do with the optimism that's associated with a bluebird and, and things like that. And so, so yeah. thoughtful, John. She so has, thoughtful. She has survived me for 10 years. And I know. so we Bless start year 11 uh, tomorrow as we tape. I've survived you for six, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> Going into season seven together, John. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh huh. So uh, send us home, why don't you? <sighs> well, that's it for the Football Friday in Georgia podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing our voices again this January. We hope everyone's having a happy new year. Got through the holidays unscathed. We will be right back here early February. So look for our push notification and our video on YouTube. For John Nelson, Jake the Snake, Sandy. Commander Sandy. Commander Sandy. Ambassador Jeremy. Ambas I don't know all your nicknames like King James. King James. And Reagan's in here too, right? And, and, and uh, President Reagan. President Reagan. Yes. There we go. See? I did it. We did it. There you go. That's another podcast. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.